Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. Hey, welcome to the second part of what I'm calling the Bad Mayor episode, because you know what? We've got some bad mayors in and around America, and the ones that I'm highlighting on this episode are Mayor Keisha Lamps Bottoms of Atlanta, Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, and Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City. We all have heard horrendous stories coming out of these cities, but the question that I posed prior to uh, the break was, why? Why does the national politics, the Democrat Party, allow this to happen? Why do they care about all this happening? So I left you with this question. Why does Nancy care about Portland? Why does Nancy care about all of what's going on? Well, here's the story or the real story is the Democrat Party is struggling. The Democrat Party has a problem. And the problem the Democrat Party has is the far, far, far left. So think about what is going on in the Democrat Party. Who is in control of the Democrat Party? All your top leaders have been in position for decades, 40 years, 30 years plus. You know, you look at Joe Biden, who's their presumptive, well, he is their nominee. You know, he's been nominated. You just haven't had a convention yet. You look at their nominee, 43 years in politics. You look at Nancy Pelosi, 40 plus years in politics. You look at a lot of the top leaders in the Democrat Party, and they've been in politics forever. They do not want to lose power. Now look what's happening in the Democrat Party. There is a far, far, far left wing contingent of the Democrat Party that is gaining ground. This is the squad, the AOCs of the world. In fact, AOC, as I mentioned, toppled an existing entrenched Democrat congressperson in a primary. And we've seen others, and like, in fact, all the four that are in the AOC squad overcame a existing sitting Democrat, with the exception of one, that's the Tlaib Richard, with an, an existing Democrat, they primaried out. So the left, the DNC now, is worried that they're losing control of their party and they're losing people from their party, meaning there are some moderates out there that do vote Democrat and they have always voted Democrat. They voted Democrat because their parents voted Democrat. They voted Democrat because their grandparents voted Democrat. And now they're looking at this going, wow, these people, I don't know if I want to be a part of this. And they have acquiesced away from the Democrat party. There are a lot of those Democrats that are going to vote for Trump. We're seeing it in the black community. Trump's black vote percentage support has gone up, hasn't gone down. It's gone up. So we're seeing this in the Democrat Party. They're losing. They're afraid of losing members. So if they alienate this far, 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 far left contingency of their party, they lose power. 
They don't want to lose power. So why does Nancy care about Portland? She cares about Portland because she needs those radicals. She needs their votes. She knows she needs their votes. She needs them to be a part of her contingency or the Democrat contingency. That's why they support these crazy, crazy leftist riots, protests, because they're absolutely crazy. And people's emotions have gotten so out of control that they're, they're just not seeing the reality of it. It's just all orange man bad. And they feel there's a lot of them that are just useful idiots that they feel they need to follow along because, again, orange mad bam bad. So the question is, and this is from an article that will be posted in the show notes from The American Thinker, and the headline is, Why Does Nancy Care About Portland? And what they said is, I've decided that it's the latter. The Democrat Party is being taken over by the woke left, and the old generation of leaders is desperately trying to stay in control for one last cycle. Probably they will fail and be thrown out after the 2020 election, especially if Trump wins. So right there is the cusp of it all. That's it. So preceding that, the question is, this is from the article, do Democrat leaders believe that the riots helped them win in November? Question mark. Or are they afraid of losing control of the party if they don't go along with the crazies? Ladies and gentlemen, they are afraid of losing control of the party. That is it in a nutshell. The far-left radicals have taken over the Democrat Party. Now, there are a lot of useful idiots that are helping them along. I'll explain. The Black Lives Matters movement, I find, is it a abhorrent movement. It, it was founded by Marxists. Now, it happened in, uh, I think it was 2015 or 2017, the Trayvon Martin shooting. This is where this all came from. After the Trayvon, or right at the Trayvon Martin shooting, the current founders of the BLM movement created their BLM movement in opposition to what happened to Trayvon Martin, that it was a black man being killed by a white man. We all know the phrase came, white Hispanic came from this all thing because they had to frame the narrative that George Zimmerman was white when he was not. He was actually Latino, but they had to frame it so that media actually labeled him white Hispanic. So these individuals formed the Black Lives Matters movement and they put in their charter what they wanted. And what they wanted was, one, they wanted to get rid of the nuclear family in America. It's in their charter. Go look at it. You can look it up, Black Lives Matters, I think, .org. They want to disseminate, or they want not disseminate, they want to decimate the traditional family. And these people who came from the Black Lives Matters movement, the two ladies who started it, and I use those term, that term loosely, were from middle-class families. But they are admitted Marxists. So they started this movement to dethrone American traditional values. They wanted to change America. They wanted to transform America, where we heard that before. And so they started on this path, and now it's become a movement that useful idiots have glommed onto. Now, what I mean by the useful idiots are typically, you'll see it on the street corner, you'll see a Black Lives Matters protest, and you'll see some white kids there. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they're protesting. So what happens to useful idiots at the end of the term? Let's say these people become, they get power, these Marxists get power, those useful idiots become a liability. 
Those useful idiots now must be eliminated because they were ginned up by emotion. And now that emotion becomes a liability to the people in charge if they can get the power. So we have to prevent them from getting the power. The Black Lives Matter movement is based on Marxist ideals. It's based on destroying American values. Unfortunately, it does not have anything to do with the betterment of the Black Lives Matter movement. But go back to the point. Nancy Pelosi and her party leaders, they have to embrace this. Because if they don't, they lose those votes. And they cannot afford to lose any of those votes. They are walking on eggshells, ladies and gentlemen. The Democratic leadership right now is in such a tizzy and such peril. They are scared brickless. I'm going to use that term loosely. They are scared. They're afraid. They're afraid they're going to lose power because they know if Trump gets elected, then it could be over for them. They know that if, the, if people really saw what was going on, they wouldn't vote for Democrats. And the, Demo and the Republicans would take over the House of Congress. So if that happens and Trump's reelected, you've got the presidency under GOP control. You've got both houses of Congress controlled by the GOP. And, and this is the most important part of it, another Supreme Court justice potentially being picked. And that throws the court for decades towards conservatism. This is why Trump must win. This is why we need to do everything we can to win back the House of Congress. This is why we need to do everything we can to keep the Senate. Because the left right now is being ran by the far left radicals. Another story of what the left is doing right now. The headline is police reforms. This is from the Daily Wire. Police reforms so important Democrats prepared to wait until next year to enact them. So all this is going on across the nation. All we hear about is defund the police or reallocate funds for the police. And the Democrats aren't prepared to do anything until after the election. Why is that? Republicans, by the way, have put something up. But Democrats, they want to wait. They want to procrastinate this because, again, they know. They know. If something good should happen in police reform, well, guess who gets the credit? Well, Trump will get some of the credit. If not all the credit, he'll get credit. So, yet, here's from the article. Yet Democrats in Congress seem to think these necessary reforms aren't so urgent. They can't wait until next year when the party hopes they will have control of the Senate and White House. There it is right there. They're, they're holding off on it because they don't want to give Trump any kind of win because the GOP, by the way, put up some, non or some bipartisan legislation for police reform, and it got shot down. Governor or Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, I believe, was the one who put that legislation forward. But the Democrats shot that down. Why did they shoot that down? Well, they cannot let the GOP have a win. If the GOP has a win, Trump has a win, and then Trump gets reelected. Now, make no mistake. If Biden is elected president of the United States, he's just a Trojan horse. He's just an empty vessel. Whoever is running his campaign, whoever is in, uh, placed in position for his cabinet will be running the White House. Biden won't last one term if he is elected president. And he has actually said, as I've mentioned many, many times before, that he's only going to run 
for one, or he was only running for one term. And honestly, my opinion, I'm not even sure he can last out that return, given his cognitive decline right now. So we got a lot going on in this country that, you know, I, I'm, it's often said that this election is the most important. In fact, every election I can recall from being uh, aware of politics, they always say it's the most important election of our lifetime. Well, I'm starting to believe that this one actually is the most important election of our lifetime. If the Democrats win this election cycle, well, the far left gets in place. The crazy left. Our country was not founded on these ideals. Our country was founded on party systems. Originally, it wasn't even two-party systems. It just kind of formed into two-party systems. And the reason why it's two-party systems is because you throw in a third party there, it will forever minimize one of the other parties. So we've kind of naturally progressed into a two-party system because whenever you throw third parties in there, it fractures the vote. So let's go back to our mayors that I'm talking about. And I'm talking specifically about uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms of Atlanta, Mayor Lightfoot of uh, Chicago, and Bill de Blasio of New York. So over the weekend, now, in the, just yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast on its air date, which is on a Wednesday, on Tuesday, there was another shooting in Chicago. There was a shooting at a funeral. 14 people were sent to the hospital and shot. Chicago's out of control. Chicago is the most violent city in America right now. If you look at some statistics, the murder rate has just jumped up. Uh, it's it's you know it's going to be between Chicago and New York. You look at those statistics, and unfortunately, my home city of Atlanta now falls into one of those top categories. But man, but but where do these mayors come from? Where do they get their support? Well, they're Democrats. So you got the usual suspects. You got the usual suspects of the um, the unions back them. You got the usual suspects of other Democrat donors back them. So there's no surprise here that that's on the surface. However, Mayor Lightfoot has some dark money that came her way. She had some funding. It was only forty thousand dollars, and this will be in the show notes from a a group that they couldn't really identify who it was. This is known as dark money. A lot of her money for her reelection also came from Rahm Emanuel's supporting group. People who supported Rahm Emanuel supported her. Rahm Emanuel, the former mayor of Chicago and the former chief of staff for uh, Barack Obama. But here's the thing that just, for me, I, I don't get. I just don't get. This is July 2nd, 2020 um, from the Chicago Sun-Times. Lightfoot poll shows strong support for her and the police reforms she champions. The poll of uh, likely voters give the mayor a job approval rating of 78%, a personal high. The poll conducted between June 21 and June 23rd also shows 75% of those surveyed support the mayor's push for state licensing of police officers. We get the government we elect. We deserve what we elect. But I hate to say this people of Chicago, the citizens of Chicago deserve this. Now, since this story was posted July 2nd, we know July 4th, there was like 60 or 70 shootings in Chicago. And every weekend since then, there's been like, you know, 60 shootings, almost dozen each weekend killed. 
So has it changed? Or is Chicago going to continue down this path of destruction by electing these ineffective, horrible mayors? I mean, Lightfoot has to be one, if not the worst mayor in the United States. I tell you, it's between her and de Blasio, in my opinion. So follow the money, and you're going to find the typical, typical villains, the unions. Yes, I said villains. The unions, and then there's some dark money that's attached to Mayor Lightfoot. And then let's look at Keisha Lance Bottoms. Here's a story out of the AJC. Man's, Mayor Bottoms hiring retroactive pay of campaign workers question. Now, this is last year, March 19, 2019. And what the article goes on to say is Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms used city money to pay for the transition salaries of her staff from her campaign. Now, it's common practice that people in the campaign transition into the mayor's office or the administration. What is not common practice is uh, the mayor who, you know, the, who basically campaigned on restoring public trust in an investigation by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was found to have circumvent normal sitting city hiring processes, quote-unquote, and broke with long-standing political practices by charging taxpayers, you and me, for transition work her campaign staff performed before she took office on January 2nd, 2018. So that's ethical? No, no, it's not ethical. Tells you a lot about our mayor in Atlanta. Now, I, I didn't find dark money for Mayor Atlanta, for uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, but we found there's some fundraising irregularities with her as well. In fact, those fundraising irregularities came from the city, the Atlanta City Airport. Atlanta's airport is one of the busiest airports, if not the busiest airports in the world. And there's a lot of money to be made there and concession stands and such. So there are several stories where they were bundling some numbers and they were kind of moving numbers around so they can give Keisha Lance Bottoms over the legal limit. Now, the legal contribution for an individual to a mayor candidate in the general election is $2,600. This is from an art, the article from the AJC. But a number of major contractors that do business with Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson Airport, the world's busiest airport, and an entity the city oversees, use shell companies and other means to boost their donations to bottoms into the tens of thousands. Now, at the Atlanta airport, has long been a jobs programs for the Atlanta city mayor. So this does not come as a surprise, but it speaks to the ethical attributes of Keisha Lance Bottoms. Now, Keisha Lance Bottoms has just turned out to be an awful mayor. She cannot and has not controlled the violence of what's going on in her city, in the city of Atlanta, my city, city of Atlanta. So uh, ineffective, fact ineffective, ineffective, ineffective. Just a horrible mayor. Hashtag resign Keisha is trending on Twitter right now, and that needs to continue because we need a new mayor. And I mean, we know, we know, you and I know, nothing's going to happen with these mayors. I mean, you look at Bill de Blasio, all kind of campaign finance issues when he was running for president. In fact, he bundled money and uh, took campaign donations, just like Lance Bottoms did from donors that were kind of using shell companies and in fact, there was a complaint filed to the Federal Election Commission, the Campaign Legal Center, alleges that de Blasio and his campaign, quote-unquote, concocted a shell game 
that allowed wealthy donors to make excessive contributions to the mayor's 2020 presidential campaign by contributing to his political action committees, Fairness PAC, and New York Fairness PAC. Now, he dropped out of the campaign pretty early. Hmm, we all wonder where that money went. So you've got all these issues with these mayors, and yet de Blasio was elected three times. It wouldn't surprise me if Mayor Lightfoot's reelected. It wouldn't surprise me if Keisha Lance Bottoms is reelected, even though their cities burn. Now, look at the murder rate in these cities. Chicago, 2020 pre-COVID, okay? Pre-COVID, the year-to-date change from 2019 to 2020, Chicago pre-COVID up 16%, the murder rate. That's murders, okay? This is the murder rate. Through parts of June 2020, 34%. So year-to-date, we're talking almost 50% increase. Atlanta, pre-COVID, negative 17%. Well, that's pretty good. Post-COVID, up 4%. So now we've got a 21% delta from pre-COVID, post-COVID. And New York, pre-COVID, down 13%, showing gains. Post-COVID, up 23%, 36% delta. This is the murder rate. Now, what's interesting, in almost all of these cities, burglaries have dropped. Rapes have kind of gone up a little, but not much. It's the murder rate that has jumped astronomically and you got to ask yourself why that is you know more people are sheltering at home so that could be why the burglary rate has dropped more people sheltering at home could be why the rape number has dropped but the murder rates in these cities have gone through the roof now philadelphia is another one uh pre-covid up 11 percent post-covid up 23 percent democrat-run city nashville up 92% pre-COVID. They were having a bad year, up 43% post-COVID. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but the, Nashville is another one of those cities. Indianapolis, up 75% pre-COVID, up 38% post-COVID. New Orleans, up 14% pre-COVID, up 36%. These recent numbers should scare everybody. We have an epidemic in this country, yes, but the epidemic is the violence in our major cities. You know, I, 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 it boggles my mind that people would support these candidates. Our elected officials are supposed to enact policies that are for the betterment of its citizens. I won't say to protect the citizens. We're, we should be protecting ourselves. We're responsible for ourselves. But our elected officials, should be enacting policies for the betterment of their constituency. Chicago murder rate post-COVID up 34%. That's not the betterment. Atlanta up 4%, coming off a negative 17%. That's not for the betterment. New York, 23%. Like I said, I've lived in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, a long time, in and out. I've never seen the violence this high. I've never seen the worry of people mulling around the city metropolitan area this high. I've never seen the level of fear of people this high. It's got to stop, and it's got to stop when we get rid of these politicians. Ladies and gentlemen, vote red.
this is how we end it. This is how we start to heal and we start to better our cities. President Trump had an interview over the weekend with Chris Wallace of Fox News, and one of those questions Wallace asked, and I'm paraphrasing all of this, was that, hey, those liberal cities were ran by liberals for years, because Trump was saying that liberals, liberal cities have gone down, they've decayed. Again, paraphrasing all this. And Wallace challenged him, saying, but they've always been ran by the left. But it's never been like this. It's come to a head at this point. These Ameri our American cities that have been ran by the leftists are in debt. The crime rates are higher than national averages. They're out of control right now because the left can't control the far-left radicals. They can't control the Aftifas. They can't control BLM. So those entities are just having at it, and they are violent entities. So these major cities, violence is going up, not down. You've got Portland, Oregon on fire. It seems to be a hotbed of all these protests because their city officials do nothing. In fact, the mayor of Portland recently came out and said it's because Trump sent in federal troops that the violence has ratcheted up. He was saying things were starting to ease. Yeah. It's out of control, ladies and gentlemen. Vote red. Our hope to fix all of this, our only hope, and I hate using that wishy-washy word, is to get the Dems out of office, put Republicans in there, and that it, they are not perfect. I will never say they are. Put Republicans in there, and let's start healing that way. Because these cities have tried it with the left. They've tried it with Democrats, and it hasn't worked. So now it's time for a change. Now, most people listening to this podcast probably probably not living in these major cities, but you know people who do. You need to have these conversations. You need to talk about this violence, this increase in violence, and what the left is not doing, and they are not controlling it. They are not enacting strict policies to hold the people that are causing this violence accountable. Those would be ATF, the Antifa people. That would be the BLM movement at its core. Not the useful idiots that are doing it, but at its core, those people that are in the BLM movement that are running it, they are wanting to divide it. Then you've got outside entities coming in and also dividing our nation, and it's tearing our cities apart. It's time to end it. So anyway, that's my rant on bad mayors in, Atlanta, in, in, in America. Uh, we've got several that unfortunately will probably be reelected. They shouldn't be reelected. They shouldn't be elected to dog catcher. But here we are because we get the government we deserve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. Again, you can find us on all platforms at the PBL Podcast. Our website is thepblpodcast.com. Please support us by going to patreon.com slash the PBL Podcast and buying one of the memberships. And for your money, you will get extra content, some back office content, the videos of all of these programs as well, and the fact, the comfort that you are helping move the PBL podcast forward. And do visit my TikTok channel at the PBL podcast. I have a lot of fun on TikTok. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown. Effect.